the year 2022 brought with it enhanced regulatory scrutiny, concerns over sustainability, and a funding winter for India's $50 billion fintech industry. In the past, the RBI has cautioned that the influence of big tech companies on banking and finance posed systemic risks. The regulator's warning applied to both the payments and lending segments. Within the latter, the explosion of loan apps, a number of which allegedly employ predatory practices, became a major cause of concern. So, it came as no surprise that the majority of regulatory changes that the sector saw in 2022 addressed how fintechs, which are in essence startups, made up a grey area in the country's financial ecosystem. During 2022, the RBI asked non-bank prepaid payment instrument or PPI issuers to not load these instruments through credit lines. It was expected that the move would have major ramifications for the country's fledgling buy-now-pay-later market. Issued in the form of wallets or prepaid cards, PPIs are meant to facilitate purchases against the value stored on them. They can be loaded by cash, debit to a bank account, credit and debit cards. Fintechs in the pay-later card segment such as Uni, LazyPay, Slice and PostPay had been using bank-issued PPIs and partnering with NBFCs to offer credit lines to customers. In some cases, the credit line was being provided by the NBFC subsidiaries of fintech firms. When the RBI decision came to the fore, it reportedly raised confusion in the industry. Macquarie Capital said it could impact credit card challengers like Slice and Uni. According to one financial services expert, RBI's decision had the potential to affect all the players in the buy-now-pay-later space. But since the RBI letter had been addressed to non-bank PPI issuers, Nomura analysts had said that there would not be any restrictions on such pay-later players unless a similar letter was sent to bank issuers too. The RBI's modified guidelines on digital lending, which seek to protect customers from exorbitant interest rates by certain entities and check unethical loan recovery practices, also came into effect from the 1st of December. Under the new norms, all loan disbursals and repayments must be executed only between the bank accounts of the borrower and regulated entities, like banks and NBFCs, without any pass-through of the lending service providers. Any automatic increase in the credit limit without the explicit consent of the borrower is also prohibited. RBI-regulated entities will also have to ensure that they and the lending service providers engaged by them have a suitable nodal grievance redressal officer to deal with fintech and digital lending complaints. On the impact of RBI's guidelines, experts indicated that licensed and compliant players would now have an edge over fintechs with other NBFC partnerships. According to experts, RBI's digital lending guidelines have also created a number of challenges related to scaling up for digital loan apps that work with banks and other RBI-regulated entities. According to reports, heightened regulatory attention on the lending segment could prove to be a cause of concern for the fintech sector, since lending has been pretty much the only vertical that has led to sustainable revenue growth for its players, especially since the zero merchant discount rate rule for UPI has impacted revenue generation in that space. This brings us to the next theme that played out in 2022. In August, the Finance Ministry tweeted that UPI was a digital public good and therefore there was no consideration in the government to levy any charges for UPI services. It had added 
that the concerns of the service providers for cost recovery would have to be met through other means. The development came days after the RBI came out with a discussion paper that made the case for a transaction fee for such services. According to reports, in the absence of correct pricing, almost all the players in the payments ecosystem have been under pressure. The issue revolves around the Merchant Discount Rate or MDR, which is the structure that decides what each entity in the payment services loop gets to earn on a transaction. A zero MDR regime was introduced on Rupee UPI debit cards in the July 2019 Union Budget on transactions of up to 2,000 rupees. At present, the government picks up the tab for this. In December 2021, the Union Cabinet approved a 1300 crore rupee package as compensation for this zero MDR. Banks, on their part, pay a switching fee to the National Payments Corporation of India, running into hundreds of crores every year for UPI. But they offer the service for free. UPI person-to-merchant transactions have become the most popular mode of payment among consumers. They held a market share of 64% in terms of volume and 50% in terms of value in the first quarter of 2022. These were the findings of a report by digital payment platform Worldline. One of the reasons for this is that charges in UPI are nil for users and merchants alike. But the RBI has explained that different stakeholders collectively incur a cost of 2 rupees to process a UPI person-to-merchant transaction with an average value of 800 rupees. We reached out to a prominent fintech expert to understand the issue better and to find out whether fintechs had come of age in 2022 so that they could address their cost recovery concerns. Not having uh, any charges on MDR is not necessarily the most favorable option for most fintechs, right? I think the majority of the transactions today in India are happening through UPI. Almost $150 billion a month is happening through UPI. Having those transactions not go through any charges is a big dent on the PNL or profit and loss statement of every fintech. Well, I don't personally believe in subsidy also, Basar. I, I strongly believe that it's a free market economy. Therefore, I think uh, fintechs should be allowed to charge and merchants will decide eventually how much they want to pay for it. The issue of zero MDR on UPI also came up at the recent Business Standard BFSI Summit, where AK Bhattacharya, the editorial director of Business Standard, had a fireside chat with Vijay Shekhar Sharma, founder, CEO and chairman of 197 Communications, Paytm's parent brand. Sharma was asked whether he was worried by the fact that almost 50% of Paytm's gross merchandise value was UPI-based, which didn't generate any revenue. This is a myth that UPI does not have revenue. Okay. It's, it's a blunt myth because government of India pays for the bips that merchant had to pay. So if okay. it's a subventioning. In other words, merchant does not pay, government pays on behalf of merchant. If you were to see the net bips of whatever that percentage it makes, you could give or take, take around seven to eight bips as a net margin on UPI which itself is a large margin in my opinion, large enough margin for it to be sustainable. We believe that this country should keep UPI free till the time period more than majority of shopkeepers and customers are making payments by digital mobile payment systems. I, I have a statement that zero MDR is a force multiplier of economic growth. While 2022 may have been a year of challenges, 2023 may not bring too much respite either. The funding winter that has hit the larger Indian startup ecosystem has also had an impact on many fintechs. According to Traction, the fintech sector saw a 41% decrease in funding between January and November 2022, compared to the same period in 2021. And the funding crunch is expected to continue well into 2023. Against this backdrop, 
How do experts and fintech players think the sector will fare in 2023? See, 2023 is going to be much stronger year for fintech as an ecosystem overall. There's a lot of capital that is just sitting on the sidelines. Almost 13 billion dollars is there between private equity and venture capital. Uh, I strongly believe that given the way regulations have panned out in 2022, and there's a lot of clarity in terms of what works and what doesn't work, right? And what RBI will allow and what RBI will does not allow. So capital should flow in. People who have more sustainable business models will get more capital compared to 2022. So we likely to see a lot of consolidation because with winter continuing and also VCs looking at more uh, profitable ventures. So the regulatory scrutiny will definitely increase in 2023. Uh, given that, it is a step in the right direction. However, I also think it will be an enabler and it will continue to work in collaboration with the startup space and the fintech space. Overall, 2022's developments have made it clear that the fintech sector will face two primary challenges in 2023. These are continuing regulatory scrutiny and tighter liquidity for those without a clear path to profitability. For more news, views and updates, subscribe to Business Standard on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Also follow us on YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn.